Chapter Four, Part Two of Nana by Emile Zola, translated by Burton Rasco. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Four, Part Two. A slight intoxication coloured Lucy Stewart's cheeks with a consumptive-looking flush, whilst Rose Mignon, her eyes moist with a desire to cry, had become quite tender-hearted. Tatan Nini, dizzy with having eaten so much, laughed vaguely at her own stupidity the others blanche caroline simone maria were all talking together telling each other their private affairs a dispute with a coachman a contemplated trip into the country and some complicated stories of lovers stolen and returned but a young man near georges having tried to kiss lea de horn received a slap with an i say you just leave me alone full of the most virtuous indignation and georges who was very drunk and excited by the sight of nana hesitated before putting into execution an idea he had been nursing which was to crawl under the table and curl himself up at her feet like a little dog no one would have seen him and he would have kept very quiet then dagonet having at lea's desire told the young man to behave himself georges all of a sudden felt quite sad as though he had just been scalded himself it was stupid it was dull there was nothing left worth living for Degenet, however joked with him and made him drink a tumbler full of water asking him at the same time what he would do if he found himself alone with a woman as three glasses of champagne were too much for him for instance resumed Foucarmont, in havana they make a spirit out of some wild berry it's just like swallowing fire well one night i drank nearly two pints of it and it had no effect on me whatever but i can tell you more than that another time when on the coast of coromandel some savages brought us a mixture that tasted like pepper and vitriol and it had no effect on me i can't get drunk for some little time past he had taken an aversion to la Faloise, who was sitting in front of him he kept sneering and saying most unpleasant things la Faloise, who was becoming rather light-headed moved about a good deal keeping at the same time as close as possible to gaga but a great anxiety increased his restlessness some one had taken his handkerchief he kept asking for it in a drunken obstinate mood questioning his neighbours and stooping down to look under their chairs and amongst their feet then as gaga tried to quiet him it's absurd he murmured there are my initials and my crest in the corner it may compromise me i say monsieur falamoise la mafoise ma faloise cried Foucarmont who thought it very witty to thus disfigure the young man's name but la Faloise got angry he stutteringly spoke of his ancestors he threatened to pitch a decanter at foucarmont's head count de vandeuvre had to interfere and assure him that foucarmont was very funny indeed every one laughed that upset the bewildered young man's determination so he quietly sat down and he went on eating as obediently as a child when his cousin told him to do so in an angry tone of voice Gaga kept him close to her again only every now and then he glanced furtively and anxiously at the others in search of his handkerchief then foucarmont in his witty mood attacked la bordette right across the table louise violaine tried to make him keep quiet because said she whenever he got quarrelsome like that with others it always ended badly for her he thought it very funny to call la bordette madame it seemed to amuse him immensely for he kept on doing so whilst la bordette coolly shrugged his shoulders saying each time keep quiet my boy don't be a fool 
but as Boucarmont continued and even became insulting without any one knowing why la bordette left off answering him and addressed himself to the count de vandoeuvre have the goodness to make your friend keep quiet sir i do not wish to lose my temper he had fought in two duels he was admitted and welcomed everywhere so there was a general rising against Boucarmont. every one was amused thinking him very funny but that was no reason for upsetting the harmony of the evening vandoeuvre whose fine face wore a dark look insisted on his restoring la bordette his sex the other men mignon steiner bordenave all very far gone interfered also shouting so as to drown his voice and the old gentleman who was quite forgotten in his seat beside nana alone preserved his distinguished look his quiet weary smile as he watched with his pale eyes the tumult around him my little duck suppose we have our coffee here said bordenave we are all very comfortable nana did not answer at once ever since the commencement of the supper she had not seemed to be in her own home she felt quite lost among all these people who almost stunned her with their loud talk and their calls for the waiters and who were all thoroughly at their ease as though in a restaurant she too began to forget her duties as mistress of the house occupying herself solely with stout old steiner who was almost bursting with apoplexy beside her she listened to him shaking her head the while and laughing in the provoking way of a plump blonde the champagne she had drunk had heightened her colour and moistened her lips and given an extra sparkle to her eyes and the banker offered more at every cajoling movement of her shoulders at each slight though voluptuous heaving of her neck when she turned her head he noticed near her ear a dainty little spot a velvety skin which almost drove him mad now and then nana recollected her guests and tried to do the amiable to show that she knew how to entertain towards the end of the supper she became quite tipsy that vexed her very much champagne always got into her head at once then an idea seized upon her that thoroughly exasperated her it was a dirty trick the other women were playing her by behaving badly in her rooms oh she saw through it well enough lucy winked her eye to stimulate Foucarmont against la bordette whilst rose caroline and the others excited the gentlemen now the row they kicked up was so great that it was impossible to hear oneself speak just to show that they could all do as they liked when supping at nana's well they would see though she was tipsy she was still the best-looking and the best-behaved of the lot my little duck repeated bordenave tell them to serve the coffee in here i should prefer it on account of my leg but nana roughly jumped up from her seat murmuring to steiner and the old gentleman who were lost in astonishment it serves me right it will teach me not to invite such a low set another time then pointing to the dining-room door she added aloud you know if you want any coffee there's some in there every one rose from the table and hurried towards the dining-room without noticing nana's anger and soon no one was left in the drawing-room but bordenave who was holding on to the walls and advancing cautiously swearing all the time against those confounded women who didn't care a damn for papa now that their bellies were full behind him the waiters were already removing the cloth under the directions of their chief who shouted out his orders they hurried themselves shoving up against one another making the table disappear like the scenery of a fairy play on the signal of the head scene shifter the ladies and gentlemen were to return to the drawing-room after taking their coffee thank goodness it isn't so warm in here 
said gaga with a slight shiver as she entered the dining-room the window had been left open two lamps lighted up the table on which the coffee was served with some liqueurs there were no chairs so they all took their coffee standing whilst the noise caused by the waiters in the next room increased nana had disappeared but no one was troubled by her absence they got on very well without her helping themselves searching in the sideboard drawers for the spoons they wanted several groups were formed those who had been separated during the supper rejoining one another and exchanging looks significant smiles or a few words which summed up the situation i say augustus said rose mignon ought not m faucherie to come and lunch with us one of these days mignon who was playing with his watch again looked at the journalist severely for a second rose he thought was mad as a good manager he would put a stop to all such waste for an article well and good but after that no admittance however as he knew that his wife would sometimes have her own way and that he made a rule of paternally allowing her to commit a folly whenever he could not prevent it he replied in his most amiable manner certainly i shall be delighted why not come to-morrow then monsieur faucherie lucy stewart who was conversing with steiner and blanche overheard the invitation she raised her voice and said to the banker is it a mania they've all got one of them has even stolen my puppy really now is it my fault if you've discarded her rose turned her head her face was very pale as she looked fixedly at steiner slowly sipping her coffee the while and all the repressed anger she felt at her abandonment gleamed in her eyes like a flame of fire she understood the matter better than mignon it was absurd to try and repeat the jonquier experiment that sort of thing did not come off twice well so much the worse she would have faucherie she had felt a hankering for him ever since the supper and if mignon didn't like it it would teach him to act differently another time you are not going to fight i hope vandeuvre came and said to lucy stewart oh no never you fear only she had better keep quiet or i'll give her a piece of my mind and calling to faucherie in a haughty tone of voice lucy added young un i've got your slippers at home i'll have em left to-morrow with your concierge he tried to jest about it but she moved away from him with the air of a queen clarisse who was leaning against the wall so as the more conveniently to drink a glass of kirsch shrugged her shoulders what a fuss to make about a man wasn't it the custom whenever two women found themselves together with their lovers for each to try and get hold of the others it was quite a settled thing if she had chosen she might have scratched out gaga's eyes all on account of hector but pooh she didn't care a button then as la valoise passed near her she contented herself with saying to him listen you seem to like them very far advanced you are not satisfied with their being ripe you want them rotten la valoise appeared very much put out he continued uneasy seeing clarisse scoffing at him he suspected her no humbug he murmured you have taken my handkerchief give me my handkerchief what a nuisance he is with his handkerchief she cried look here you idiot what should i have taken it for why said he mistrustfully to send it to my relations so as to compromise me all this while foucarmont was going in strongly for the liqueurs he continued to sneer as he watched la bordette who was drinking his coffee surrounded by the women and he kept uttering a number of unconnected phrases much in this style the son of a horse-dealer others said the bastard offspring of a countess 
no means and yet always twenty-five louis in his pocket the servant of all the girls of easy virtue a fellow who never went to bed no never never he repeated growing angry i can't help it i must really slap his face he tossed off a glass of chartreuse chartreuse never upset him not that much said he and he clacked his thumbnail between his teeth but all of a sudden just as he was advancing towards la bordette he turned ghastly pale and fell all in a heap in front of the sideboard he was dead drunk louise violaine was in an awful way she had said that it would end badly now she would be the rest of the night nursing him but gaga reassured her she examined the officer with the eye of an experienced woman and declared that there was no cause for alarm the gentleman would sleep like that for twelve or fifteen hours without the least accident so they removed Poucarmont. hello wherever has nana got to asked vandeuvre yes as a matter of fact she had disappeared on leaving the supper-table they now began to think of her every one made inquiries steiner suddenly became most anxious questioned vandeuvre with respect to the old gentleman who had also disappeared but the count calmed his fears he had just seen the old gentleman off he was a distinguished foreigner whose name it was unnecessary to mention he was very rich and was satisfied with paying for the suppers then every one again forgetting nana vandeuvre noticed dagonet's head at the door signalling for him to come and in the bedroom he found the mistress of the house seated quite rigid with her lips all white whilst dagonet and georges were standing watching her with looks of consternation what's the matter with you he asked surprised she did not reply nor did she even turn her head he repeated his question i don't intend to be made a fool of in my own place she at length exclaimed that's what's the matter then she uttered everything that came readily to her tongue yes yes she wasn't an idiot she could see what it all meant they had all made a fool of her during supper they had said the most beastly things just to show that they didn't care a curse for her a parcel of strumpets who were not fit to clean her boots she wouldn't worry herself for them another time just to be treated in that scurvy way afterwards she didn't know what it was kept her from kicking the whole dirty lot out of the place and her rage choking her she sobbed aloud come my girl you're drunk said vandeuvre in a most affectionate manner you must be reasonable no she refused beforehand she would remain there i may be drunk it's very possible but i intend to be respected for a quarter of an hour past dagonet and georges had been vainly entreating her to return to the dining-room but she was obstinate her guests might do what they liked she had too great a contempt for them to return amongst them never never they might cut her up into pieces but she would remain in her room i ought to have expected it she resumed it's that strumpet rose who organized the plot and it's no doubt she who prevented that respectable lady i invited from coming she was speaking of madame robert vandeuvre assured her on his word of honour that madame robert had of her own free will declined the invitation he listened and discussed without laughing used to such scenes and knowing how to deal with women when they were in that state but the moment he tried to take hold of nana's hands to raise her from her chair and lead her away she struggled with increased fury no one would ever make her believe for instance that faucherie had not dissuaded count mifat from coming he was a regular serpent that faucherie a most envious fellow 
a man who was capable of sticking to a woman until he had destroyed her happiness for she knew very well the count had taken a fancy to her she might have had him he my dear never exclaimed vandeuvre forgetting himself and laughing but why not asked she serious and slightly sobered because he's mixed up with the priest and if he only touched you with the tip of his finger he would go and confess it on the morrow now listen to a good piece of advice don't let the other one escape for a moment she reflected in silence then she rose and went and bathed her eyes yet when they again tried to get her into the dining-room she furiously declined to go vandeuvre left the room with a smile without insisting any more and directly he was gone she had a fit of tenderness throwing herself into dagonet's arms and saying ah my mimi there is no one like you i love you as you know i love you so much it would be too good if we could always live together oh why are women such unhappy creatures then noticing georges who had turned very red on seeing them embrace each other she kissed him also mimi could not be jealous of a baby she wished paul and georges always to get on well together because it would be so nice to remain like that all three knowing that they loved one another so much but a peculiar noise disturbed them someone was snoring in the room then looking about they discovered bordeneuve who after drinking his coffee had apparently made himself comfortable there he was asleep on two chairs his head resting on the edge of the bed and his legs stretched straight out nana thought he looked so comic with his mouth wide open and his nose moving at each snore that she quite shook with laughter she left the room followed by dagonet and georges and passing through the dining-room entered the drawing-room laughing more than ever oh my dear cried she almost throwing herself into rosa's arms you have no idea come and see all the women were obliged to go with her she caressingly seized hold of their hands and dragged them away in so genuine a transport of gaiety that they laughed before knowing why they all disappeared and then returned after having remained for a minute with bated breath around bordeneuve majestically stretched out and then their laughter burst forth afresh when one of them called for silence bordeneuve could be plainly heard snoring in the distance it was nearly four o'clock in the dining-room a card-table had been placed around which vandeuvre steiner mignon and la bordette hastened to seat themselves lucy and caroline stood behind them betting whilst blanche feeling very drowsy and dissatisfied with her evening kept asking vandeuvre every five minutes if they would not soon be going in the drawing-room others were trying to dance Degonet was kindly assisting at the piano as nana said she wouldn't have any strumming and mimi could play as many waltzes and polkas as any one could wish but the dancing flagged many of the women were reclining on the sofas chatting among themselves all on a sudden there was a frightful uproar eleven young men who had just arrived together were laughing very loudly in the ante-room and pushing their way towards the drawing-room door they had just left the ball at the ministry of the interior and were all in evening dress and bedecked with various unknown decorations nana annoyed at the noise they made called the waiters who were still in the kitchen and ordered them to chuck the gentlemen out swearing that she had never seen them before faucherie la bordette dagonet and the other men hastened forward to ensure the respect due to the lady of the house angry words were uttered fists were shaken another minute and there would have been a general punching of heads however a little fair-haired fellow with a most sickly appearance kept on repeating 
Come now, Nana. The other night at Peter's in the big red room, you surely must recollect, you invited us. The other night at Peter's? She did not remember it at all. First of all, what night? And when the little fair-haired fellow told her the day, Wednesday, she recollected that she had supped at Peter's on the Wednesday, but she had invited no one, of that she was almost certain. But yet, my girl, if you did invite them, murmured La Bordette, who began to have doubts on the subject, you were perhaps a little bit on. Then Nana laughed. It was possible, she couldn't say. However, as the gentlemen were there, they had better come in, and so it was settled. Many of the newcomers found friends of theirs amongst those in the drawing-room, and the squabble ended in a general handshaking. The little fair-haired fellow with the sickly appearance bore one of the greatest names of France. Besides, they announced that several others were following them. And, true enough, the door opened every minute to admit men with white kid gloves in their most official get-up. They all came from the ball of the Ministry of the Interior. Faucherie jokingly inquired if the minister himself would not soon arrive. But Nana, very much annoyed, replied that the minister visited people who were certainly not as good as she. What she did not mention was a hope she entertained, that of seeing Count Mufa enter in the midst of all the others. He might have altered his mind, and as she conversed with Rose, she kept watching the door. Five o'clock struck. The dancing had ceased. The players alone stuck to their cards. La Bordette had given up his seat, and the woman had gone back into the drawing-room. The somnolence that accompanies a prolonged dissipation hung heavily over all in the dull light of the lamps, the charred wicks of which gave a reddish hue to the globes. The women had reached that maudlin state when they feel the desire to relate their own histories. Blanche de Sivry talked of her grandfather, the general, whilst Clarisse invented quite a romance about a duke who had seduced her at her uncle's, where he had come to hunt the wild boar and each with her back turned kept shrugging her shoulders and asking if it was possible to tell such crammers as for lucy stuart she quietly avowed her humble origin and talked freely of the days of her youth when her father the porter on the northern railway used to treat her to an apple turnover on a sunday oh i must tell you suddenly exclaimed little maria blonde there's a gentleman living opposite to me a russian in short a man who's awfully rich well yesterday i received a basket of fruit oh such a basket of fruit some enormous peaches grapes as big as that something really extraordinary at this time of the year and in the middle of all six banknotes of a thousand francs each it was the russian of course i sent all back again but i was rather sorry to do so because of the fruit the other women looked at each other trying not to smile little maria blonde possessed rare cheek for her age as if that sort of adventures happened to such hussies as she they all felt a great contempt for each other many were furiously jealous of lucy on account of her three princes ever since lucy had taken to riding on horseback of a morning in the bois de boulogne which had been the starting-point of her great success they had all been seized with a violent mania for learning to ride the day was about to break Nana no longer watched the door, having lost all hope. Everyone was bored to death. Rose Mignon had refused to sing the slipper and was curled up on the sofa where she was whispering with Faucherie, whilst waiting for Mignon, who had already won about fifty louis from Vendeuvre. A stout, distinguished-looking gentleman wearing a decoration had, it is true, just recited Abraham's sacrifice in Alsatian patois, spiced with a certain amount of profanity. 
only as no one understood more than a word or two the recitation fell very flat nobody knew what to be at to infuse some gaiety into the proceedings to finish the night in a sufficiently wild manner for an instant la bordette had the idea of secretly denouncing the women to la valoise who kept prowling round each to see if she hadn't his handkerchief stowed away in her bosom however as some bottles of champagne remained on the sideboard the young men started drinking again they called to each other they tried to excite one another but an invincibly mournful drunkenness of a stupidity to make one weep overcame them all then the little fair-haired fellow he who bore one of the greatest names of france quite at a loss what to do in despair at not being able to think of something funny had a sudden idea he took a bottle of champagne and emptied the contents into the piano all the others writhed with laughter hello said tatonini who had watched him with astonishment why does he pour champagne into the piano what my girl don't you know that replied la bordette seriously there is nothing so good as champagne for pianos it improves the tone ah really murmured tatonini thoroughly convinced and as every one laughed she got into a temper how was she to know they were always telling her wrong things were decidedly going from bad to worse the night seemed likely to end in an unpleasant kind of manner in a corner of the room maria blonde was having a row with Léa de horn whom she accused of receiving men who were not sufficiently rich and they had come to oaths as they abused each other's looks lucy who was ugly quieted them looks were nothing the thing was to have a good figure farther off on a sofa an attache to an embassy had passed his arm round simone's waist and was trying to kiss her on the neck but simone quite tired out and very sulky pushed him away each time saying don't bother me and hitting him on the head with her fan besides the other woman would not allow anybody to touch them who did they take them for gaga however who had caught hold of la Faloise, kept him by her almost on her knees whilst clarisse shaking with the nervous laugh of a woman being tickled was disappearing between two gentlemen around the piano the little game continued in a fit of stupidity there was a good deal of pushing each one wanted to empty his bottle into it it was simple and pretty here old fellow take a drink the devil isn't he thirsty the poor piano look out there here's another we mustn't lose a drop nana who had her back turned towards them did not see what they were after she had evidently made up her mind to do the best she could with stout old steiner who was seated beside her so much the worse it was all that mifa's fault for he had not been willing in her dress of soft white silk light and crumpled like a chemise with her touch of intoxication which had taken the colour from her face and made her eyes look heavy she seemed to be offering herself in a quiet good-natured sort of way the roses she had placed in her dress and hair were now all withered and only the stalks remained suddenly steiner withdrew his hand from off her dress where he had just encountered the pins placed by georges a few drops of blood issued from his fingers one fell on the dress and stained it now it is signed said nana seriously the day had dawned an awfully sad and dubious sort of light entered by the windows then the breaking up began a leave-taking full of uneasiness and ill-nature caroline Equet, annoyed at having wasted her night said it was time for those to go who did not wish to assist at some very strange things 
rose made a face like that of a respectable woman who had been compromised it was always the same with those hussies they never knew how to behave themselves they were always most disgusting from the first and mignon having quite stumped vendoeuvre the couple went off without troubling themselves about steiner though not until they had again invited faucherie for the morrow lucy then refused to let the journalist see her home and told him out loud to go with his dirty actress rose who heard her turned round and answered with filthy hag muttered between her teeth but mignon well versed in women's quarrels paternally pushed his wife outside and told her to dry up behind them lucy all alone descended the staircase like a queen then it was la Faloise, feeling quite ill and sobbing like a child who was led away by gaga whilst he called for clarisse long ago gone off with her two gentlemen simone also had disappeared there still remained tatan Léa, and maria but la bordette obligingly offered to take charge of them i don't feel at all sleepy said nana do let us do something she looked at the sky through the window-panes a sky of a livid colour and over which floated sooty black clouds it was six o'clock facing her on the other side of the boulevard houseman the houses were still hushed in sleep their damp roofs standing out in the dim light while a party of scavengers were passing along the deserted pavement on which their wooden shoes resounded in the presence of this mournful awakening of a gay city nana was seized with the emotion of a young girl with an intense longing for the country for an idyllic existence for something pure and peaceful oh i'll tell you what she said going up to steiner you must take me to the bois de boulogne and we will have some milk she clapped her hands with a childish joy and ran to throw a pelisse over her shoulders without waiting for an answer from the banker who naturally consented though inwardly annoyed and dreaming of something very different the only persons left in the drawing-room were the young men who had come in a body but having drained everything even the glasses into the piano they were talking of leaving when one of them triumphantly appeared holding in his hand a last bottle which he had discovered in the kitchen wait wait cried he a bottle of chartreuse there now he wanted some chartreuse that will bring him to again and now boys let's be off we're a set of idiots nana had to wake up zoe who had fallen asleep on a chair in the dressing-room the gas was still burning zoe shivered as she helped her mistress to don her hat and pelisse well it's all over i've done as you wished said nana in a most familiar manner relieved at having at length made up her mind you were right it may as well be the banker as another the maid was sullen and still drowsy she grunted that madame should have come to that decision on the first night then as she followed her into the bedroom she asked what she was to do with the two who were there bourdeneuve had not left off snoring georges who had slyly come and buried his head in a pillow had ended by falling asleep breathing as gently as a cherub nana told the girl to let them sleep but all her tenderness returned on seeing dagonet enter the room he had been waiting for her in the kitchen he looked very sad come now my mimi be reasonable said she taking him in her arms and hugging him with all manner of fondling ways nothing is altered you know it is my mimi alone whom i adore don't you now i was obliged to do it i swear to you we shall be all the happier come to-morrow we will settle the hours for seeing each other now quick kiss me as much as you love me oh more more than that 
and tearing herself away from him she rejoined steiner thoroughly happy and full of her fad of going to drink some new milk in the room now almost deserted count de vandeuvre remained with the distinguished-looking gentleman who had recited abraham's sacrifice they were both seated at the card-table no longer knowing what they were doing and not noticing that it was broad daylight whilst blanche had curled herself up on the sofa and tried to sleep ah blanche shall go too cried nana we are going to drink some milk my dear come quick you can return here for vandeuvre blanche lazily roused herself this time the banker's bloated face turned pale with annoyance at the idea of being accompanied by that fat girl who would be in his way but the two women were already leading him off and repeating you know we must see the cows milked End of chapter four